Welcome to Hakol Radio's Top 3 segment, where we discuss the top three news stories of the day. Hakol Radio, powered by the Muncie Mavasser and broadcasting live from Schlerko Studios in Muncie, New York. Number 1. The question everyone keeps asking is when will Israel actually go into Gaza on the ground? This has been asked repeatedly over the last four weeks, and the answer from the Israelis continues to be ambiguous. But the reality is that Israel has already gone into Gaza with ground forces, tanks, and a large array of support vessels. They just never officially announced it. On Wednesday, November 1st, the IDF announced that its troops on the ground in Gaza are being supported by the Navy and the Air Force, and the combined attacks are said to have been successful in hitting dozens of Hamas targets. According to the IDF statement, Combat planes and helicopters alongside remotely manned aircraft vessels and artillery assist the ground forces in targeting terrorist locations in Gaza. In addition, the information collected in real time is immediately transmitted to the air forces and the naval forces, and on the basis of this, combined attacks by the IDF are carried out. The IDF also regretfully announced that nine Israeli soldiers have died fighting against Hamas terrorists in northern Gaza on Tuesday, October 31st after their armored vehicle was hit by an anti-tank guided missile. Two more Israeli soldiers were reportedly seriously wounded in the incident and earlier on Tuesday, the military reported that two other soldiers were killed in separate clashes in the Gaza Strip. Since the beginning of the war, the IDF has stated that they have hit over 11,000 Hamas terror targets in Gaza, with no sign of them stopping anytime soon. Israeli Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu reiterated the IDF's commitment to destroying the Hamas terrorists on Tuesday, October 31st, saying that the horrors the Hamas per- per- perpetrated on October 7th remind us that we will not realize the promise of a better future unless we, the civilized world, are willing to fight the barbarians. The IDF also announced that the ground troops have successfully gained control of a Hamas military stronghold situated in Jabalia, located in the northern region of the Gaza Strip. During these operations, approximately 50 terrorists were eliminated, and the commander of Hamas's central Jabalia battalion, Ibrahim Biari, was among the dead. The IDF strike caused terror tunnels to collapse, causing nearby buildings to collapse as well. A large terror infrastructure located underground collapsed and was destroyed in the operation. Furthermore, valuable intelligence information was obtained from the compound, and Israel has claimed victory and stated that they have conquered the entire compound and the surrounding areas. Number 2 A total of four bases where U.S. troops are stationed in the Middle East have been attacked by Iran-backed groups over the last week or so, according to a senior U.S. military official. The Iran-backed Islamic resistance, resistance said on Monday, October 30th, that it attacked U.S. and coalition forces at Ain al Assad Air Base in Iraq, but the rockets didn't result in any casualties or infrastructure damage. Three other bases were also attacked in the region, the senior military official said, and the Pentagon did not immediately respond to a request for more information. The attack on Ain al-Assad came in the early hours of Tuesday, October 31st, and did not cause casualties or damage, and is the latest in a series of attacks on U.S. troops in Iraq and Syria as tensions soar over the Israel-Hamas war. U.S. and coalition troops have been attacked at least 23 times by rockets and drones in Iraq and Syria from October 17th to October 30th according to the U.S. Defense Department. There has been an increase in attacks on U.S. forces since the conflict in Israel broke out on October 7th, and Iraqi armed groups aligned with 
Iran threatened to target U.S. interests with missiles and drones if Washington intervened to support Israel against Hamas in Gaza. While the attacks keep happening, the U.S. has yet to respond, emboldening America's enemies and effectively greenlighting further attacks on U.S. troops. Number 3 House Democrats will face a tough vote this week when Republicans, led by newly minted Speaker Mike Johnson, consider a $14.3 billion Israel aid bill that includes cuts to IRS funding to pay for the package, but no assistance to Ukraine. The vote is short to highlight the long-standing chasm between Israel's staunchest Democratic allies, including President Joe Biden and pro-Palestinian liberals, who have accused Israeli leaders of human rights abuses and war crimes in Gaza. Illustrating that divide, 15 Democrats last week declined to endorse a non-binding resolution proclaiming U.S. support for Tel Aviv following Hamas's deadly attacks on October 7th. But Republicans' inclusion of the IRS cuts adds an additional complication, forcing the bulk of Democrats into the, quote, no-win scenario of sacrificing one priority in defense of another. The bill is not expected to move beyond the House. Leadership is eyeing a Thursday, November 2nd vote, but Republicans are, are, are already signaling their intent to hold Democrats to account if they oppose it. Quote, I understand their priority is to bulk up the IRS, said Speaker Johnson, but I think if you put this to the American people and they weigh the two needs, I think they're going to stay standing with Israel and protecting the innocent over there is in our national interest and is a more immediate need than more IRS agents. Separately, Republicans will also consider a resolution this week censuring Representative Rashida Tlaib from Michigan, Congress's only Palestinian-American member for her statements in the wake of the Hamas attacks that criticized U.S. aid to Israel as helping fuel the violence. Representative Marjorie Taylor Greene moved to force a vote on the legislation last week. The converging dynamics are setting the scene for a complicated vote for Democrats later this week, and they are an early signal that Johnson, who is in his first full legislative week on the job, intends to put the unification of his feuding GOP conference ahead of, ahead of any effort to reach across the aisle in search of bipartisan deal-making. Thanks for tuning in to the Top 3 segment live on Hako Radio, and have a great day.